Jacques, you awake and find yourself suspended in glassy darkness. You can move freely. You're no, you're no longer impaired or debilitated. But there's no ground to hold on to, no force to move against, no up or down to orient yourself to. Do you do anything? Shock will drift aimlessly for a bit, trying to remember what he's doing here. You drift for a while, and then it happens. It feels like a scream. It doesn't sound like one. It feels like one. A sharp, tormented cry that expertly buries itself into the side of your skull, leaving behind a non-physical hole through which you can feel yourself being pulled out and tethered to this darkness around you. Your thoughts, your feelings, your memories travel on a wire through space. And before you can fully comprehend the horror of whatever this is, the scorching hot green of a plasma grenade ignites in front of you, throwing you off your feet and onto muddy, wet earth. Okay, so the cover wagon tremors to life as it is suddenly jolted back downwards towards the ramp, and you see six of these Gandharmi soldiers race towards you and shoot out their harpoons in order to catch up. Uh, for the purposes of the fight, a couple of things. Obviously, you can't do a lot of movement, so I'm going to be a little more flexible on what I count as an action. You're not going to be able to hit somebody twice, but you know, I'll be more flexible just in general. Also, for the purposes of you, we're going to count it as if you are fighting two enemies, and we're just going to say the other four Gandharmi soldiers are kind of scuffling with Dawn, Everett, and Jesse, and Joe. And Emily, you are first, so what are you going to do? So, are they like on the boat now? Uh, they're not on the boat yet, but they are chasing you very quickly. They shot their harpoons and attached to the boat and are now like flying towards it, but they're not there yet. Yeah. Something to note, actually, about vehicle combat is that vehicles have hit points that I will be keeping track of. Anytime an enemy hits it, if it's a small hit, it'll be one point if it's a big hit, it'll be two. Oh, oh boy. So can I can I grab hold of the the rope, pull them in to punch them, and then let go so they fall down? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'll say you successfully pull out the rope of one of them, the harpoon that's attached to the boat, and then I need you to roll me a physical attack roll, a might roll. Might it might work? <laughs> <laughs> no. Nine. Uh, you go to punch this dude, and he just flies past you, and now you've got a Gendarmi soldier in the boat. Congratulations. <laughs> he was coming close anyway. <clears throat> and we're going to move over to Misha's turn. So to, to us, Jacques is still just laying unconscious, right? Jacques is still just laying unconscious. He's not responding. He's not doing anything. He looks almost dead. In fact, actually, he looks alarmingly still. So Misha is kind of overwhelmed with like this, I guess, sensations that they just hadn't had before. And they are like just freaking out for a better term of the world. So they are just going to keep playing the song that they were still playing louder while trying to telepathically communicate with Shock screaming, Shock, please, you, I remember you saying this song gave you strength. I, I am willing for it to give you strength. This is a magical instrument. This will give you strength. Give me a roll. 20! So what are you gonna do about that? Nothing happens. Nothing happens even with a 20? 
Nothing. You have all the skill and all the luck in the world, and nothing happens. Oh god. Please. Please suck, please. Kid, just just watch him. It's not working. But Ellie, it has to work. It has to. Is this is this what die is? No. Die is when you don't come back. Well, I will make sure he comes back then. Then protect him from the soldiers. I agree protection would be a very excellent thing to do right now. Uh, Hop, it's your turn. Uh, and as your turn starts, you see that soldier plant his feet on the inside of the, like, covered wagon part. And Mauve turns over and says, Oh, shit. Honey, can you do something about that? Uh, I still have her rapier, right? That, like, electric rapier? Yes, you do. All right, I'm going to fire it up and be like, this thing is really cool, by the way. Can I still use it? She's going to look at you and smile and say, Darling, I got one better. And she reaches down and she grabs her cane and she hands it over to you. Just turn it to pick whatever setting you want. What are the settings? So you don't know exactly what they are, but this is a cane that's a light melee weapon with a medium powered projectile. There are four colors, but I will not tell you what they do. There's icy blue, yellow, red, and purple. And you've just got to twist the handle to whatever color you want. Sounds like a game of Simon Says. Okay. Can I, like, turn around in the seat then and then look through the flap and then, like, sniper rifle it at the at the gendarme soldier? Okay, um, and which setting do you set it to? I would like to try yellow. You switch it to yellow and you hear a, a jolt as a yellow line of light slides down from the top of this T-handle into the rest of the cane. Uh, and give me a roll to shoot at this dude. I'm gonna give you a roll to shoot at this dude. Do you put any effort in? I'm gonna put effort in to hit. 12. You go and you see what looks like a rope of electricity shoot out of the end of your um, cane and wrap itself around this guy who gets shocked with electricity and will be unable to move his next turn. Woo! And as you do that, the uh, yellow color on the side fades out and it looks like you won't be able to use that one again. Okay. All right, give me a second. Where the fuck? Where the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, here are the soldiers. All right, and now it is the enemy's turn. This guy is just kind of, like, he's jittering with electricity and he's on the ground and he's trying to reach at the, uh, at this electricity that's got him contained, but it's just shocking him more. But as that happens, the other soldier is going to see Ellie and see just how bad she is at hitting people. Rude! And he's gonna try to kick her in the face and knock her down. That is so rude! Roll me speed defense. (sighs) He is making a mistake. He is drawing inferences from a small sample size. (laughs) Two! He knocks you in the face, which would do normally four points of damage. But you have a lot of armor, don't you, Ellie, right? I do have a lot of armor. So all that energy reverberates through your armor, and he knocks you into the wall of the boat, which now that it's been hit, takes one point of damage. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, but... (laughs) As this guy gets knocked into the boat, it rattles a little bit. Uh, and up in front, Hop, you see Mauve continuing to go down this ramp. And suddenly she goes, ah, shit. Uh, and you see a barricade in front of you. Oh, no. And Mauve immediately takes this joystick that's between the two of you that she's been using to ride the boat. It's a joystick with a bright red button on top and shifts it right. And everyone feels their momentum shift to the side as they tilt almost 45 degrees 
everyone except Jacques, of course, because Jacques's in hell, <laughs> and start speeding your way into the Sesky district, flying through pop-up shops and frustrated Aneans going, Aneen! <laughs> My cabbages! You hear a little thump as you turn the corner, and if you look behind you, you will all see two tied-up individuals lying on the road. One, a tied-up Gendarmi soldier with electricity, and one, a tied-up Verileni with rope. And they are now both outside of the boat and very much behind you as you speed away. All right. Unless somebody really wants to catch Pharaoh. Does somebody want to save her? <laughs> Crickets. Do I have time to ask mom? <laughs> no, it's it's do or die. I'm more preoccupied with other things at the moment, so I'm not. I'm going to look back at her, like, look at her fly by and be like, do I do it? Nah. Oh, too late. Nah. It'll be fine. Another day. So you've got one Vera and one uh, soldier in the in the streets. The other four have been busy fighting with the other NPCs. Uh, I'm not going to resolve that. It's just fancy stuff in the background. And you've got one in your boat, Ellie. You have just let a woman fall to her potential death. It is She's now your not turn. Dead. It's fine. It's fine. She's fine. So this new soldier has not been attacked by anyone yet. Nope, he's just hanging out there. Okay, I want to try to knock him off the boat. Okay. Um, by slashing. All right, you want to cut him off? Where? How are you going to cut him so he falls off the boat? Are you like cutting his shins so he falls? Or no, I I've got like my Wolverine claws out and I'm just gonna like bat him <laughs> off. You know, like cats do. You're gonna bat <laughs> him like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like you. But really, really hard. All right, give me a roll. And they are heavy weapons. 15. All right, you successfully slash at this dude, but it's not strong enough to knock him out of the boat. Describe how he responds when you slash him in the face like a cat. <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be a little stronger than just a simple ow. Just a little bit since they're magical steel wolverine <laughs> claws. I mean, I'd say he probably like reels back and maybe maybe teeters a little bit, but manages to hold his ground. He finds his footing. He doesn't know if this is a good or bad thing. <laughs> it might have been better to just fall out of the boat. I want to be like looking at him. Like I feel like I'm still pretty close. That's fair. So I just want to be scary looking to him. Yeah, roll me an intimidation. I think I have a thing in intimidation, but yeah. I don't. Remember. I don't have my sheet. <laughs> a nineteen. Okay, so you can describe something that happens. He can either have a difficulty next turn. He can be paralyzed in fear. He can jump off the boat. What do you want? How do you want him to respond? I want him to jump off the boat. All right. I want to scare him off the boat. <laughs> he very gently jumps into the water beneath the boat and then uses that to propel himself off. I want to wave. He he waves back for a second before realizing that he works for the only person in the city scarier than you. All right, we are going to flash back to Jacques. So Jacques, you now have gravity. You are face down in muddy earth. And when you pick yourself up, you see in front of you a well-built man wearing poorly counterfeited Order of Truth robes, which are currently in the process of burning away to reveal thick armor dotted with pockets holding enough weapons for ten men. 
Do you have any, not physical, do you have any emotional responses? Shock has difficulty breathing as the memories come back to him, uh, and as he recognizes who these people are. He tries to stand up and get away from them, if they aren't already grabbing him. You stand up, and you're right, it is people. It was just one, but as Jacques says, these people, and the word they enters his mind, you hear a scream as a bony woman with thick ooze emanating from her teeth, wearing tubes that crisscross over her arms as external artificial arteries, picks up a shovel and clocks you in the face. And as it indents on the side of your face, you hear a crack of thunder and rain starts to pour down from a black, empty sky. What do you do do in response? Shock tries to crawl away and raises his hands to fire off an onslaught. We as the audience hear a crack and a scream as we switch over to Misha's turn. Okay, so Misha is going to look at all the commotion that's happening and then look back at Sog and then look back at the commotion, like, back and forth. And then they're going to look at Sog and be like, I think I need I need to protect you doing this. I will be back. And so they are going to grab their bat and then... So can you give me the layout of who is where? Yeah, so you've got... Uh, one sol- you've got one soldier who willingly jumped, one soldier who's currently in the middle of, like, untangling himself. And I'm going to say, because there are four soldiers fighting the NPCs, uh, and I'm going to say we're doing so well, I'm going to give one of those uh, soldiers to you. So there is currently a third soldier who the NPCs have been fighting but having a really tough time with. They're currently on top of the boat and trying to dig their sword uh, into the boat from the top. Like, they're standing on top of the canopy. Okay, Misha is going to look at that soldier and they're kind of still not be thinking completely straight. Like, they just are going to look at the bat, going to look at the soldier, going to be thinking about Sog and, like, all of these things just merging. And so they're going to look at at the soldier and be like, stay away from us. And then it's going to grab the bat and I'm going to approach the soldier and try to clock him in the head with the bat of nails. Are you going to get on top of the canopy too? Or are you going to, like, look up from the little hole they're digging in the top of the canopy? I want to get into the top of the canopy as well. Okay, I'm going to say you can climb onto the top of the canopy and you see them and they look at you and you take a swing. Give me a roll. I got a 20 again. Oh. I I couldn't hear you because you were looking away. What did you roll? I said I got a 20 again. Wow, wow, (laughs) wow. Do we want a major effect or do we want to do four more points of damage, which Mm. on top of your current damage would be a total of 10. Mm. Can I like break the wherever the soldier is standing so that they... Well, describe how you hit him and break the canopy. Well, I suppose they are going to swing the bat so fast that it's not only going to hit the soldier, but the nails are going to also like pour through the canopy since it's made of cloth, I imagine, right? So it's going to be like, and tore it. The cloth cuts and you hear the soldier go, and the scream continues as they fall down that open hole that Mako had forgotten to close. (laughs) And you hear a splash. And he just turns over and says, Oh, I forgot to close that. That's, uh, that's gonna be quite the cleanup. Uh, how are we doing out front? And Hop, you hear him yell that as it is your turn. How are we doing out front? Like, are there anything, any obstacles in front of us that I could see? It's doing pretty all right. Mauve is having trouble navigating through all these shop fronts. And there seem to be a lot of people that are, that are like getting in the way who are kind of trying to run away, but are having trouble. She isn't hitting anyone, but the boat is kind of rocking back and forth as she has to pick it up so she doesn't hit someone in the face. Okay. Then in response, 
response to Miko's question, Hapoel could be worse. That's great. You're doing great. Yeah. So there is still one gendarmerie in the boat besides the ones the NPCs are fighting? There are the three the NPCs are fighting. One jumped out of the boat and one is back with Vera who you can't see. Okay. And there's no like, are there any gendarmerie like on the sides that I could prevent? From you could the... you could try taking helping the NPCs with one of the gendarmerie. Okay, I want to do that. I want to shoot my thing sniper style again at one of them. Okay, what are you shifting it to? I am shifting it to red. Okay, you hear, you feel heat course down the side of this thing. Oh, and give me a roll. <laughs> 17. All right, that does four points of damage plus an extra point of damage. The element is fire. How do you use fire to defeat this man? This is a close, this, this is close quarters, right? In the back of the wagon. Yeah. Instead of risking hitting anyone or like the sides of the wagon, can I aim it to just behind him where it would like singe the back of his or her neck or something enough to make like a flight or fight response where it's like, oh my God, fire. And then yeah. I just want to, I want to do that. You hear, oh my God, fire. <laughs> as they let go and they fall off over the side of the anthill. Yay. And they're able to hook on and like you can see that they lived but they're going to be so far away that they can't catch up with you uh, and you hear you hear a voice in the back of the boat say thank you <sighs> i could have handled it <laughs> i almost hit him god ever it it is now the enemy's turn and not much happens they're trying to catch up to you you actually don't see them yet you think you're completely clear uh and actually mob says that well i think we're completely out of the way but we best make sure and she turns over and you know those little pools with waterfalls you had been going on earlier that boats had been in she goes on one of those boats and jumps off over the waterfall but the boat doesn't jump off over the waterfall it instead seems to be connected to the water so it just pits down 90 degrees and is now moving parallel with the waterfall down below are we falling off of it no, you're fine. I'm just going to say it just works. Don't worry about the if you want to <laughs> if you want to elaborate it in your turn, you can, but we're just going to say you can all hold on, you're fine. But now I have a GM intrusion for Hop. Hop, do you want who do you want to give your point to? All of you deserve points for this session. I'm going to give a point to Misha Ooh. for their sweet kazoo playing. So as you start going down, you start feeling a rain of pebbles down on top of you. And at first you just think it's because you've shifted direction. But then you hear this large scraping of the earth being ripped out above you. And Mako turns up and he's like, well, that seems about right. <laughs> And uh, we as the audience are going to flash back for a second. We're going to flash back and look on Vera lying on the ground. But specifically, no. we're going to zoom closer and closer, finally resting at the clock on the back of her hand. For a few moments, many actually, nothing happens. But eventually the hand quickly jolts up, accompanied by a sharp intake of breath. The hand continues to vibrate as Vera levels her breathing and remembers everything that happened. And it's in these vibrations that we see the hands of the clock start to move. One could at first attribute these movements to the movements of the entire hand, but the rotation is so smooth, so methodical, it's quickly clear that the source of the rotation can be nothing but the grooves of the tattooed clock itself. And as these grooves reach midnight, the entire clock rotates and buries itself into the host's hand, which segments into dozens of pieces. Inside, we see mechanical components twist and turn and fold over one another as the hand bubbles and grows, doubling, tripling, quadrupling in size until it becomes one giant metal fist. 
And almost as soon as we see that fist in full, and we hear Vera's breathing grow coarser and harsher and less controlled and rationate, the fist plunges itself into the ground and propels its host forward and out of sight. And flashing back to where the rest of you are, you see three individuals. You see the two soldiers grappling onto the wall and swinging down. And you see Vera Leani, her eyes wide and wild, basically falling down the side of this waterfall with one giant fist digging in and scraping down the wall and slowing her descent. Hi, welcome to the announcement break for episode 15, the final, that is F-I-N-A-L, last episode of the Clockwork City arc. My name is Kyle, I GM for the game and keep you company during our announcement breaks. Our intro song today is Friends by Miracle of Sound and our outro song is Jumping Inside by J-Man at Our Music Box, who you'll recognize as doing a lot of our main songs. I got a pretty big announcement for you today. So, as I mentioned earlier, today is the final episode of the Clockwork City arc, but it is far from the final episode of this campaign, of this season. We've got so much more to go, and a lot of it is coming up on our regular schedule. That being said, we do have a couple of things coming up that aren't really part of the core campaign and are other things we did. So here's a basic rule. If there is an episode number before an episode, then that means it's something important to our central campaign. So for example, we have two memory episodes coming up, which are about Hop and are very important to the story of this campaign. So basic rule, if you see a number in front of it and you want to know what's going on, you should probably watch that episode. If you don't see a number in front of it, then you don't need to watch it for the campaign. But I mean, I still think it's going to be pretty good. I might just be me. Our call to action this week is to leave a review. We have done two whole arcs by this point, so I feel like if you've listened this far, you've got a pretty good idea of whether or not you like us. And if you do like us, then spread that likeness. That's not what the word likeness means. But spread your affection through either one-click reviews on iTunes or through more lengthy explanations. It'll give us more outreach and let more people hear us. And if you like us, hopefully that's something that you would like. Like, 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 like. Those are all the announcements I have for you today. The first of the Hopper Memory Sessions will be happening on Monday, May 28th. I will see you, as always, then.
Get it? I've been waiting so fucking long for the Doomfist reveal. You have no idea. Kyle builds up an entire arc, uses it on an Overwatch joke. Doomfist? Uh, there's a character named Doomfist whose philosophy is literally the Jagged Dreams philosophy. So you build a campaign around this joke? <laughs> he has a giant metal fist. He has a Doomfist. That he uses the smash. So I gave Vera a giant metal fist that she uses to smash. Amazing. All right, Ellie, it is your turn. You have two soldiers and a very Lanny above you. And Ellie, you hear Mako yell, yes, someone should do something about that. Uh, She is not in her right mind. Negotiation is not a possibility. (laughs) Thank you, Mako, for giving me that information that I could not gather on my own. (laughs) He lifts up uh, his fist and like one of the forks pops up as a thumbs up. And then he puts his hand back down and continues working on Jock. So how far away is Vera? Uh, she's probably a short distance above you. Like that I could get to her? She is outside of the wagon, so unless you want to jump out the wagon and hit her. Okay. She's like superhero sliding down a waterfall after yeah, you. Yeah, I'm trying to think because I don't have any ranged weapons. And the Gendarmi are also not. Yeah, they're also swinging. They're not on you yet. Uh... Do we have another soldier still in the boat? Yeah, you could probably help out help out the folks. Well, um, I was just wondering if I could flash back to our time where we were just throwing everyone. Flashback. <laughs> yes. A simpler time indeed. Do it. I want to try to grab one of the soldiers by like the belt and the collar, lifting him up or her or whatever over my head and like yeah. chucking them. Seismic toss. At one of the other Gendarmi. Okay, so you pick one of them up. Give me a roll to see if that throw works. Could I spend an experience point to get there? their ropes tangled up or does that Uh, I would do that if you successfully roll okay 18 yeah boy so you grab that soldier and you throw them up who are you throwing them at one of the other soldiers I feel like it's not gonna help with Vera she's okay you wrap that soldier in another soldier who then gets confused and hits the third soldier (laughs) and they all just collapse and kind of fall down onto an outcropping platform, but all very much knocked out. Uh, and now every single soldier is taken care of. And yeah, it's it should be pretty easy from here. Uh, except for the Doomfist. Ex- yeah, except and... for Doomfist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, Jacques. You hear that cracking, and you hear this woman scream, just, Get him! Get him, duck! And you feel someone coarsely grab onto your back and lift you up. And you see this small, scraggly bearded man with large spectacles that fold over one another until about a dozen are in front of his eyes. And he's holding you up by the collar, and he um kind of hits you a little bit. And every time he hits you, more images appear. Specifically, more trees appear first far away, but closer and closer, these oily leafless trees that reach out their branches in want of some dark embrace keep blipping into existence, getting closer and closer and more multiple. And as it happens, a little appendage reaches out from the back of this like headset he's wearing and starts whirring towards your face. What do you do? Shot starts crying and pleading, please, I didn't, I didn't want to fight, please don't. Please, I don't, don't, don't do it. Please. And he spends his turn sobbing. The man stops and looks back and then looks back at you and shrugs with a smile and says, 
I don't really care much either way. And the warring continues. And we are now on Misha's turn. Alright, so all of the soldiers are done for. So what what is left? You've got a Doomfist. I mean, yes, but other than Doomfist. You've got Vera, who's chasing after you, but besides that, there's not much you can do. Basically, what your main thing now is, uh, you could probably try to do some things to, to slow her catching up to you. Mm, I don't know what I can do. Uh... Mako's gonna turn over and be like, listen, I know she's scary, but your kids are tough. Just like she's harder to negotiate with, she also has a tougher time dodging anything you do. So are you implying that I should just throw something at her? I'm implying that she's she's not that tough to hit because she's has a tough time thinking. Her motor processing isn't that good. I guess I can throw something at her. Is there any rocks? I don't know what's in this boat. Yeah, what do you want to appear in this boat? Just give me something that appears. Um, a barrel. Okay. Full of nails. <laughs> yeah, there's a barrel. There's a barrel full of nails and Mako looks horrified as you pick it up for a second. And he's like, it's all right. I can buy more. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I want you to use might to throw a barrel of nails. <laughs> uh, I am not putting any effort because I am already at one might. So I'm just going to, I guess, throw it. And I roll an 18. Holy crap. I'm not making these rolls up. I'm just having good rolls today. Our bad luck turned into good luck. Yes. That's that's gonna do eight damage to Vera. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a GM intrusion. Who are you giving give the other point to? Can I give it to Shock, even though he's unconscious? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You give the point to Jacques. Okay. And Vera screams as this barrel buries nails into her hands. She falls for a second and in fact falls onto the boat and doesn't seem to be very responsive right now. And she definitely did take a lot of damage. Good. But she also now has a giant metal fist with a bunch of nails in it. That's not good. So as that as that thump happens, Maul says, oh, well, I, I guess I should take care of it myself. And she points over to you, Hop, and says, all right, just pretty simple. Grab it, move it, don't press the red button till I tell you to, that's our ticket out of here. Okay. And she jumps into the back of the boat and you are now piloting this boat. Okay, that's fine. Basic rules for vehicles, you use speed to drive the vehicle unless otherwise specified. There are certain actions that are gonna be harder or easier. For example, this boat has bad handling, so tricky maneuvers are gonna be tough, but it's very good at speed. So anything you do relating to speed will be easier. You now have a boat, so you'll automatically move forward, but you also, you'll be able to make a boat action and a hop action, um, because the boat will be in movement. Okay, she's taking her thing, right? Because I'm gonna hand her back her cane as she goes back. No, that's fine, darling. And she picks up the rapier. She's like, this is all I need. And you fly down, and as you go down, you're now at the moat at the bottom of the anthill. Okay. And the boat, as you hit the bottom, pitches back upward and shoots you towards the main city of Charmande. You know, like the main Venice-style city. Yeah. But the issue is you're going so fast that you see a small, adorable building right in front of you. Is it, is it, is it the the Penny Brothers? Actually, yeah, no, you see, uh, you see a tent right in front of you. (laughs) I just thought it was them. Kylie, no! I fucked it up. I'm sorry. I thought it was them. Now it is. What do you do? What was it before? It was just going to be a building, but now it's the tent. (laughs) Okay. Well, you said an adorable building, so I assumed it was something we had seen and liked. Well, now it is. (laughs) How do you respond? Yeah, great. Good. Um, well, I'd like to avoid it if possible. So is that just like a, like a dodge roll? Yeah, you can do a dodge roll. 
15. Yeah, you successfully swerve out of the way of that, and it kind of flutters up. And from inside, you can hear a voice excitedly say as the tent uh, flutters up, Tattertop, did you hear that? I think we have a customer coming in. I'm so sorry for everything that I've ever said. (laughs) Are you going to do anything else on your turn? Well, there are no other pressing threats, and Hop is now driving the boat, so I'm just going to stay down there and drive the boat. All right, it is now Vera's turn, and she's going to kind of shake her head a little bit and look furiously back and forth at all of you. And then she eventually looks at Mako, and you just hear her normally very reserved voice go, You. And in a second, you see that giant metal fist reach in, grab Mako, and then let go as she plants her feet into the ground, and both she and Mako fly out of the back of the boat. Yo! No! (laughs) Save Mako! As it happens, we're going to flip back to Jacques. Uh, Jacques, you have this razor, and you're pleading for help, but it's not doing anything, and it's worrying faster and faster and faster. And as you can feel the worrying start to cut off strands of your hair, you feel a soft, squishy, moving object underneath your tongue. Jacques focuses on the memory. What he'll do first is he'll reach up with one hand, uh, and using Onslaught, snap the blade arm, snap it in his hand, grab Doc's head, and then just extend out ah, and spit the thing onto him. From beneath your tongue, it extends this weird, silvery, sluggish object, and it cements itself in the back of Hop's mouth. Uh, sorry. It cements itself no. in the back of Doc's <laughs> mouth. You got very fan fiction-y there for a second. <laughs> very good of you. Oh, this is what this is what Jacques thinks about all the time. I heard Jesse's voice there for a second. I think we know what happened. Hey guys, just then. No, I, I don't want to spoil. Okay, I don't want to spoil. I'll let you know when I'm ready, okay? Everett says it's going to take a little bit more effort, but he says it's he says it's getting better. Anyways, it gets in the back of Doc's mouth. You feel his every emotion. You 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 hear what he, he what he thinks, and you just hear, "Well, this isn't what I thought was going to happen." Do you do anything else? Shock will just start thinking, "Die, die, 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 die," and he does. And I don't need to, as the GM say what happens because Jacques knows what happens and as the uh, silvery object retracts back into your mouth and he falls to the ground everything is clear you see the burning wagon you see the three bodies around you the trees the mud the rain and then with a flash of a green plasma grenade it starts all over again You've got a giant doom fist holding a man who's very helpful to you. Uh, Hop, 
you should probably be the one to fix this. Didn't Hop just go? Well, actually, I'm just going to kind of let it be freeform. So now you've got Vera holding Mako in this nail-heavy arm. I'm going to let anyone choose. How are you going to get him back? Can I turn the boat around? You absolutely can. Give me a roll for handling. If you do not stop fighting, I am going to turn this boat around. (laughs) I am turning this boat around. 14. Yeah, you turn it around easily and you start racing back towards her. Cool beans. All right, what are are you all going to do? Because right now we've got this boat heading straight for him. So she's got a pretty good grip on him, I'm assuming. Like, I couldn't yank him out without hurting him. Uh, you could try, but I would say your hop has already taken his action, so I'm going to say that between Misha and Ellie, each of you should can make an action to get him out. Okay. Can something be, be tossed at her to let to, to for her to, to like let him go? Oh, I was gonna toss myself. <laughs> can I toss Ellie? Uh, yeah, you can help Ellie toss herself. So you get closer and closer, and you look like you're about to hit her, but instead you go to toss Ellie on top of her. And I want each of you to give <laughs> me a might roll to see how successfully that goes. Well, part of the cards. Seven! Oh, a 19! I, I promise I'm not making these rolls up. A 19 and a seven. <laughs> yes, I promise I'm not making these rolls up. This dice is amazing and I'm going to keep it. So a seven wouldn't work, but assisted by Amisha's 19, yeah. you successfully grapple onto Vera and can take one action. What do you want to do? As I fly towards her, I want to take my chair and just whack her across the head. Like a motherfucking, like, anime protagonist, you slide in, and she lifts up her arm to punch you. And instead of hitting her face, you accidentally hit her in the arm. And the, like, air around you vibrates with this collision, as both of you are flung probably 30 feet behind you, and she just slams into a wall and lets go of Mako, who stumbles to the ground, stands up, brushes himself off, and says, We should go now! I want to yell to uh, Misha, get him! Ah, I'm, I'm going to try and, and do that then. Are you going to run out or is Hop going to drive you over there? I can kind of run out. Okay. <laughs> All right, Misha, you just like, as Hop drifts around and stops, you just <laughs> jump out and kind of stumble onto the ground and run out to Mako, uh, who starts yelling, I could have, I could have run to you. <laughs> Ellie, Ellie advised me to go get you, so that is what I am doing. And as you all get together, you hear Mauve say, Come on, kiddos, you gotta be going faster. And she goes back to the front of the boat and just reaches over you and grabs the cane. And she shifts it over to purple. And she just kind of, she kind of whips the cane around as she presses in the button. And a gust of wind flies around the boat, whipping onto Ellie, Mako, and Misha. And basically propelling you like a tornado back onto the back of the boat. I want to say, don't call me kid. Point taken. All right, Mr. Scotch, if you will. But what does she want me to do? Just punch, punch it in overdrive? You're driving the boat? M- drive the boat. I know, but okay. I was going to say, like, I'll tip my hat a little bit and then do the boat. In, resp- in response to, like, I hear you. The boat starts moving back towards the front of the city, towards that top area where you met where you met the tourism boat. And as that happens, everyone else is in the back of the boat, and Jacques is still. And it's not, like, still where he was earlier, where he wasn't moving. He seems to be locked in place. Well, I won't lie, this is bad. We should, we should, uh... Misha's going to interrupt and be like, fix him. He tries to say something, but fails and just comes over. He's like, all right, I'm going to need your help. He points to Misha. You, grab that. And he points to a pillow on the side of the wall. Misha's going to immediately grab it. And then he turns over to Ellie and says, you, 
Start punching him. Punching him? Start punching him. Oh, <laughs> like hard? You start tapping him lightly and it's like, no, harder, harder, harder. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Do you have that pillow? I have that pillow. Are you sure you know what you're doing, human? He punches into the pillow, pulls out a handful of feather and shoves them into Jacques' mouth. Do you have, do you have that horrendous music you were playing earlier? <laughs> no, I only have my magical, I only have the magical instrument that pleases humans. That's the exact type I was talking about, that awfully dreadful sound. Pull it out and start playing. Do you want me to keep punching him? Yes, and harder, and in fact, Jesse, yeah, yeah, I know you have a lot of suppressed rage in there, get that going. And Jesse starts punching too. And Jacques, the memories keep repeating over and over and over again, but suddenly it changes. And the rain starts to clog up as these thick clouds seem to be blocking it out. The foundation of the earth seems to start shaking with this rhythmic fashion. They're, they're very strong shakes, alternated by very soft but earnest shakes of the earth. Outside Hop, you are now at the entrance, back where that big staircase is and those two tall statues. And Moth turns over and says, All right, Hop, I need you to press that button now. I press it. From behind you, you hear a bubbling as the pond that the tourism boat is sitting diligently in starts to fade and fizzle and starts to like build up and bubble behind you. It eventually all shoots out into an arc, a long bridge of water that extends far out beyond the plateau that Charmande is on and far, far into the distance. And everyone, including Jacques, feels a large jolt as this boat barrels off over this impromptu water rainbow. And for Jacques, the punching, the lack of rain, the movement, it all shatters and shakes, and details start blinking out of existence. First Doc, then the woman, then the wagon, then the trees, and then your own ability to comprehend what's going on. Oh no. And everything goes black. Your vision comes back, but it's blurry and shaky as you look through eyes drenched with water. Your lungs are coarse and your cheeks have been worn dry from days of crying. You've been walking longer than your memory goes back, and your small feet are filled with blisters. Above you, towering like a giant, is a thin robot with an unchanging face wearing traveler's clothing. He's strange and scary, but you can't help but feel comforted as he looks down at you. Hey, little friend, are you lost? Shock just nods, trying to sniffle and wipe his tears away. You have a name, friend? He just shakes his head now. That's okay, I do. My name's Horace. Uh, he looks around a little bit, seeming to try to find anyone. And he says, How would you like something to eat? That's what it's called. Shock just nods. Well, that sounds good to me, too. And then after that, Horace extends a segmented metal hand towards you, his voice almost cracking as he says, I, And don't you worry, little friend. You're safe now. I'll take care of you. Your future father reaches his hand behind your back and starts to pick you up. As you feel yourself rise, finally able to get some well-deserved rest, Horace's face fades out of view and his arm and body are replaced by the soft-skinned face of the auburn-haired boy you saw earlier in your memories. The boy warmly smiles at you and says, Hey, how you feeling? We almost lost you there for a moment. I'm okay. 
Who are you? Oh, uh, right. Sorry, I, I'm, I haven't introduced myself in a while. My name is Lowell. What's going on? What happened to everyone? Well, look around yourself, and you take a look around the room. You're resting in a soft bed in a dusty small cottage. When you left Charmande, it was near the end of night, but now the morning sun is shining through a window, and outside you can hear a sleepy town rumbling awake. To your left is a young girl curled in deep sleep, and between you is a macaroni drawing that just says, Get well soon! With at least half a dozen hearts. And of course, there are your friends. Where is everyone else? We're at the risk of sending creepy, because uh, <laughs> I know that, that sounds creepy, but Misha doesn't sleep, so Misha's just going to have been looking over Sock pretty much nonstop since we arrived to this place. So they are just going to be by Sock's bedside or whatever. Hop, where are you? Uh, he'll be like in a chair by the window, kind of zoning out, looking out the window. Okay, so he's zoning out at the window, and Ellie, what are you doing? I've pulled a rag out of my hat and I'm like slowly cleaning my chair <laughs> with loving, careful. Well, so at least one of your friends is sitting there with concern for you. <laughs> Mi- Misha, like when they see that Sock open opens his eyes, is going to be like, he he's awake. Sock, Sock, are you? And then they're going to send a telepathic message to Sock and be like, Sock, are you are you there? Is this you? Are you? Sock will quickly turn to the side. Ignoring this new kid. Ignoring this new kid. <laughs> I'm so glad to see you're up, Misha. Are you feeling better? I was really worried about you too. I I I I am. I don't I don't know if I, I am feeling better now that you're awake. I, I I cannot say for certain that I have been feeling good for a while, but I think I will now. Glad you're okay. Um, Misha would have been pretty upset. <clears throat> Yeah, Hopper was zoning out, but when Misha was like, oh, Jacques, you're awake, he would have turned over. But then seeing that Misha and Jacques were having a moment would have just smiled to himself and kept quiet. Jacques will gesture to all three of them to come closer. Uh, And if they do, he'll pull them into a hug. 